This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Okay, so <laughs> okay, yeah, we're connected. Here we go. So, hello, Barb. How you doing? Good morning, Devin. Good, fine, lovely. Good, how are fine, you? Lovely. <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I I I wouldn't mind dying today. I I suppose that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have no real judgment about uh, the idea of wanting to leave this planet. Uh, it's no different than wanting to stay. So <laughs> that's kind of what I'm meaning. Um, but yeah, no, everything's doing. Everything's pretty good. You can hear me, okay, right? Yep, I can hear you just fine. Okay, it's open and clear. They tell us. Uh, I appreciate your making the connection, and I feel, I was just thinking about how I feel like the model, and you're the artist making uh, the the painting, and I'm just like, okay, I'll follow your direction, the muse. <laughs> oh, well, that's definitely a good way to live all life, I suppose, uh, just going with the flow, <laughs> and just let it sculpt you and mold you as you go huh? yeah not understanding and not needing to understand what you're doing but just having faith that you have a picture in your mind of the completion of your artwork that's what it feels like yeah oh I <laughs> completion <laughs> I I mean <laughs> I, I have no idea. I have no idea as far as the completion. You know, it's like, uh, it's it's definitely, I have different directions. Like, I have a multitude of things happening, not just in my head, but quite literally in kind of the experiences around me, as most people have what they say is only physical experiences around them. You know, I had this, like, multitude of things happening where... I constantly have to, which I've gotten better at over the years, is is like just be Devin. Like I have to just be Devin. Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> and and that might not make sense to most people, but I I have never really been kind of a part of this world in the same sense as what I what I believe everybody else has. Uh, you know, uh, even just the prime example of when I first started realizing this happening was how words and letters made sense to people, you know, just in elementary school. And uh, they made no sense to me whatsoever. I almost didn't even see them. Like, they were, weren't even just squiggly lines on paper. There was nothing on the paper. And uh, it, it was kind of a whole different scenario. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but... I, and it, I kind of find it funny that A Course in Miracles does say... Uh, you can't be in two worlds at once, and at the same time, I know that's more of a an agreement. Like, like you don't want to be in two worlds at once, and that's true. That's true. Uh, it's it's definitely difficult to be in two worlds at once. But I I I think of myself as kind of good, experiencing. I want to say like three or four. <laughs> One of those being completely imaginary, and if not all of them being completely a dream, uh, it, 
Anyway, this conversation went down a different road than I expected. <laughs> it's interesting. I was also thinking of being a child last night when I was in uh, my Marijuana Anonymous group meeting because we were. it's a meditation group where we meditate for 20 minutes and it's in a church. And so it was very quiet and the lights are all low and there was some kids outside skateboarding. So they were making kind of a ruckus. And it, I was like, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, I didn't need any substance. I was just taking it in. You know, I didn't need anything else besides myself. And how much we deal with as children. You know, we're bombarded by all kinds of things and and just have a lot of expectations of ourselves or, just trying to, like you said, live in yeah. several different realities. And yeah, it's cool. And so I was just remembering that and how it's helped me before it helped me to quit smoking, to be as a little child, to remember that, you know, I didn't need to smoke cigarettes when I was a little kid. I, I didn't even think about it. You know, it was like, not even within my realm of possibilities. I love that subject. That that dream. idea of sorry, I keep <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. I love that idea of yeah, being a child and what was really meant, you know, when when Jesus was saying to be as a child or to be even as a child and so many different interpretations of it and the only one that really feels really good and kind of what you're stating is is just being it's i don't know if it's hard to describe or what but i don't know if i got the right words but being completely random and just spontaneous and you can jump from one thing to another <laughs> and just kind of you know it's it's not so much your attention or anything that it's almost anything can be let go of in any second because you're just completely forget about it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Uh, curiosity is what comes to my mind. Yeah. I'm curious. I was curious about the world. I didn't think I knew everything. As a matter of fact, I was more aware of how much I didn't know. And then also aware of my desires a lot easier. They were so simple. The desires were pretty simple. Desire for candy was always right up there. <laughs> the, desire, the desire for having fun was right there. Um, the desire, the curiosity. Yeah. Definitely, and that being shaped and sculpted by the world is just like, like allowing it to happen. You know, my favorite thing to do when I was younger, and my mom can contest to this, was to learn. That I wanted to learn everything. I just wanted to learn, and learn how to do that, learn how to do this, learn how to do that, and <laughs> you know, I just became this jack of all trades, and really just kind of going all every direction and just anybody's doing something I, I don't know much about. I'm, I'm right up in their face. I want to find out for myself. <laughs> like, show me, teach me. I, I want to do this. Yes, this is awesome. <laughs> and you really are letting yourself be molded. And, you know, I, I almost think of part of that, the position we're in, uh, that w you know, as now we're going through a course of miracles, we're learning to uh, come out of the world. Uh, when we were born, we were learning to get into it, you know, and we were learning to be sculpted and, and in the direction of being caught up in the world. You know, we started getting caught up in the world and not so much that we lost the purpose either because we wouldn't be able to do this uh, getting out of the dream thing. Uh, if we weren't in it. And so there is definitely a purpose uh, that we, we of course, written ourselves uh, about why or you know, why we got in it in the first place. 
and the whole getting out of it. And the best way to explain it in my understanding and what comes to me is that it was a course in limitation before and that we wanted to know. I mean, it was the same curiosity. We wanted to learn about limitation ourselves. So we, yeah, we accepted that idea in our minds and we came into this dream of limitation and and we wanted to get limited and limited more and more. You know, find this personal identity and yeah, I, I have this limited idea of myself being this space only. And, and now, you know, and, and now we have that sensational curiosity still of since we completely limited ourselves, we completely forgot. We, most of us has, have completely forgot anything and everything that happened before, or after, or in, outside of, or however we want to say it. And now we have this course in limitlessness. It's what a course in miracles really is, is, is now you're learning to be miraculous and have no limits. And, and it is really just, just scraping the surface of truly remembering the Christ, remembering God. Uh, yet it is, it is the turn of events. It is the table turning and it is, it is a whole kind of, in the world, the world is a stage and we, it, we are our own entertainment and, and we really are learning that we can do it ourselves and we, we want to do it ourselves. It's pretty exciting. What do you think about mm. that? <laughs> I, it's leading me to what we were talking about in my group on Thursday night about, um, uh, when Jesus refers to, not in the Course, but I believe it's in the New Testament. Anyway, someone else brought it up. But he was saying when I was at the age of 12, I went about my father's business. It was like he became the age of 12, and then he was about his father's business. So then he... It's, then we switch, it's maybe not at 12 for some of us, but for me it was probably more like 40, or I really can't say, but it, it, it was a definite difference where I recognized that I've done the earthly things as much as I can, and now I recognize that it's not the earthly things. I want to say, what is the lesson? My only function is the one God gave me, or my only purpose is the one God gave me. My only, um, and that's truly what it is now. Is I recognize that I could, I've done everything I can do here as far as getting ahead or being the best, and now it's the unraveling, or we were talking about how yeah. we look at our lives and to go backwards through it, and then all those events that we had that were uh, meaningful to us only is, can be cleaned and used for the purpose of awakening from the dream, and just how perfect that is. Yeah. And it, um, hmm. And that's my one and only function now. And it's really becoming more and more the case. It's just a, a switch of perspective. Yeah. And it's funny that I'm you bring up the age of 12 uh, in that way, because age 12 is about the time that I started having uh, direct communication with God in uh, at night when I was trying to sleep, and really I learned to meditate at that time. And um, when I had my death experience, my life flashed before my eyes, and I noticed that uh, when my life was going backwards, uh, the light was getting brighter and brighter, and it really was at its dimmest point uh, when I was 12. And so it was like I was actually the furthest point away 
of remembering God. And that's when I started thinking God was separate from me to have communications with him. Um, and how it was explained to me. And, and in that experience, uh, now I, ever since, I've been trying to get closer and get more with God again, as if I, I've lost something. And, uh, well, I mean, from 12, and that's what I was trying to do until I got to that death experience, and, and it kind of revealed the entire thing to me. And it, it was almost, I was given back that same uh, sensationable, is that the right word, desire and curiosity of, of being born, that excitement uh, that I had when I was born or before I was born to come here in the first place. And uh, it was, I, I mean, I guess some people would say I was born again. And uh, with that excitement of life. And now it's almost the same thing is happening that I'm going on probably the age of five now. Uh, no, it's been three. I don't know. How many years is uh, three years? So I'm going on age of three. I'm, you know, in that same sense, I have willingly come directed back into the world, just like being born. And uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't think of it as a guilty thing. And it's not a problem. It's a direct decision, even as it was to be born. Uh, even though most of us forgot and keep forgetting that we we are deliberately doing this for a direct purpose. And the best way to understand this is if, if you realize that you are the Son of God, that, that quite literally means that you are the most powerful thing in all the existence of the universe using the power of God, that literally you can do anything. So the fact that you are here in this so-called dream by by mistake or or by not your choice or something and you actually want out of it i mean to say i want out of the dream and to be still here another day is a lie or you're not the son of god and you you're actually not that powerful to overcome a simple idea um, but this fact and this the experience in which i do and did do just that uh i know that i'm here not by some uh, some mistake or some problem or not by uh somehow something is telling me that i'm little or you know this ego thing that i i deliberately chose to develop this ego i deliberately chose to develop this body i deliberately chose to develop the soul i deliberately chose to develop this christ consciousness i de deliberately chose to do each and every layer of this dream to be in this existence that we're doing now you know it's not a mistake and you know, the biggest thing I get out of the course and I think it is practical is there is no guilt. That if I realize who I am in the creator of the universe, in however, if I see it as an illusion or a reality, that I could never be doing something where something else is telling me that I'm doing it wrong. It is easy, it is easy to read the Course and assume that we have been doing something wrong. And to it, it actually has the purpose of bringing up this idea of guilt and bringing it out in our experiencing and up in our minds so that we can actually then choose again uh, in realizing that, you know, this isn't happening by mistake. This isn't happening by fault. This isn't happening by a wrong choice. 
Right, the paradox. The yeah. paradox of life is is um, to recognize that we we do have a choice, but to re- realize that to be responsibility for sight. And yeah. um, I'm listening to you. I just turned to lesson three one two, and it's, that is I see all things as I would have them be. Mm. And the Course is helpful to me, as you say, to recognize that guilt isn't true. And so then, if guilt isn't true, all I have is forgiveness. And forgiveness is... um, So, I don't know, I don't need to know how or... All I have to do is apply the idea of forgiveness, and then it will work. Yeah. And it has to. It comes from God, and it's only aligning my right mind. It's aligning with my right mind, the one relationship. Yeah. And so, it's, yeah. just to have no purpose is freedom. It's self-freedom, and it says here in lesson. We went to, I have no, the, the realization is, I have no purpose for today except to look upon a liberated world set free from all the judgments I have made. Hmm. Just how freeing that is. Father, this is your will for me today, and therefore it must be my goal as well. Yeah. And just that relationship is so important and so liberating and so I, I got a little comes, sorry okay cutting you it off. comes with a feeling of being in love it comes from that feeling mm. of just being the love yeah thinking I'm complete I got I got a little a little weary when you said there is no purpose but it, I realized that what I think of as the purpose is exactly that <laughs> What it said, I have no purpose to... So read that again. I have no purpose except for... I I have no purpose for today except to look upon a liberated world. There you go. That's the purpose. <laughs> to look no at, judgment. To look at the world uh, as liberated and free. And that the world, there, there is no ego out there to bound anyone. Or there, that means that I'm choosing an ego to bound me. There is no body out there to bound them by laws, by the physical world and not the laws of God. Or else I'm choosing to be bound myself to a body in the same sense. Like I'm... Do I want to be free and liberated? I have to choose to see each and every one of the reflections in the world of my own mind, my own belief systems, to s- that they are actually free. So there's like an interpretation of what they're saying. Not that they're wrong, like not that you're wrong if you say something or whatever, but there's an interpretation to seeing that you are right on a totally different level. And that... And, and that <laughs> I can use that to sculpt myself, as we were talking earlier. And on that wholly different level, I can, I can transform. You know, I can, it, it helps you break through into that level where everybody is right. That it always has been, spirit has always been speaking. The voice of God, quite literally, has always been speaking, trying to tell you how there is no ego out there. There has never been. There is no guilt out there. There has never been. That you, you developed a world to interpret it in a certain fashion, in a certain way, to see a certain experience. And now the only thing you're bound by is your choice to keep doing that. The choice to keep every day just continuing to see, oh, this person's wrong and I'm right. And oh, this person isn't doing it right, I am. And... And for whatever reason, even even the fact that the, uh, the vice versa of I'm I've been doing this wrong and they've been doing this right, 
and that there's some sort of bound or some sort of right or wrong at all. So what can we, how can we look at life in the interpretation of realizing that it's always been God's voice and it's always been right. And not only right, is it directing and sculpting us in every moment to be in a direction that isn't bad, just in the same sense that there is no right and wrong, but that there is a purpose to that direction. And are we willing to go in every direction, whatever it might be? In the same sense of how the Course talks about awakening is not up to us. It's, uh, it's up to, you know, it's up to Christ. It's not up to the, what the person does, how much the person meditates, how, much, how many affirmations the person does. It's not up to this identity at all. But that it's going to happen, you know, when the dreamer wakes up anyway. It's not about what the dream identity is doing and even how close to the edge of the, the, the mind it gets to. That if I'm sl sleeping, dreaming uh, that I'm an elephant or even just a female or something, uh, it, no matter how much I meditate or anything in the dream, I, it's not getting me out of it unless I wake up. And then it's a totally different level of waking up from the dream and the character really has nothing to do with it and doesn't really need to do anything different than whatever it's doing and realizing that every decision that it makes has always been the dreamer and the dreamer is just going about its business a acting as if it has some doing whatever it's doing and going about its day <laughs> as if it has one <laughs> How does that feel? I, I see, well, first of all, my awareness is I'm working my, I shouldn't, she is that word working, but my conscious awareness is striving to not send my spirit out after what others are or not doing because there are no others. And that's been something I'm I'm aware of and that I'm noticing how I can send my spirit out but the power comes when I don't send my spirit out that I keep it within I keep it close to my my heart and listen to what spirit has to say to me the yoke is easy the yoke is easy and then letting it be easy and it helps to understand that all events are neutral and that and that the world is a friendly place. Mm. It's a friendly place. And, I, and the power comes when I understand that I'm the creator and ask, ask how is this... Um, how is this serving me now, and how can I serve myself, my higher self, with what is happening right now? What am I being called to do in this instant? And to give up littleness, that there are no others, and that has been a very helpful thing. And then I see the judgment full on of how I judge myself, for instance, even having hesitation around using the word work as if work is something bad or uh, I have to actually make effort it then I'm not seeing how the yoke is easy and then just relax into it and let I guess let those feelings come up and then let them pass through me and everything is a pass through feel mm -hmm. that that's the way of transformation and I was listening to Ram Das talking about the paradox, and he was saying how some spirits, they find themselves in the womb, and they re recognize what's happening, and then they say, no, 
no, this is, I've done this, I, I know I'm not coming. Like, and they, the parents cannot make them come. But when the baby is born, stillborn, we think it's a, you know, a sad thing. Or we think that, you know, I did something wrong or we feel terrible because we really wanted that child. However, perhaps it could be John Doss was suggesting that those spirits, the stillborn babies, are the ones that are enlightened and higher in consciousness, possibly, that they they know that they are not going to come here. And they have other work. Here I use that word, work again. Mm-hmm. And they have other things to do with their, with their energy, I guess you might say. And it's just another way of looking at it and how we're of the consciousness of that was a bad thing when it could be looked at well maybe that was a good thing yeah yet uh, there are no other babies (laughs) yeah it's just that's trying to make the world real when we're I become sad and make it real that there is a child and there is this or that or my or my opinion or my desire is true. I only function as the one God gave me. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, an experience. In fact, when Atreyu was born, uh, we were in the hospital for a couple days and well, a few days because, uh, well, they. I was more, so I'm more referring to this story, how it was told to me, uh, but, uh, what's it called? Hemorrhaging? Uh, Trina was hemorrhaging a lot, and, you know, I, I was completely in the clouds, and I was just, like, happy about what was happening, and, and it was all great and dandy, and I had absolutely no concern for her at all. Uh, I I saw people rushing in, and they were, like, taking me by the shoulders, and they're like, it's okay if you want to leave the room. We understand that this can be traumatic. And I'm, like, looking at her, looking at the situation. I can't even relate to what she's talking about, about it being traumatic or why would I need to leave the room? And (laughs) the only reason I I did leave the room was because Atreyu was in the nursery and I I was able to go hold him. (laughs) Uh, and, And then she's all telling me about it later and, and telling me how, how, she something this this was a, a bad thing and and how she could she's had the thought oh i could be dying right now and then she's like but i looked at you and i was totally comforted and I, I knew there was nothing wrong i knew there wasn't an issue and i, I mean it was because i was in that state the whole time <laughs> and mm-hmm. and she said how the nurses are like oh I'm, it, your husband looks so worried and concerned. I had to send him out of the room. <laughs> like, well, people see, you know, whatever they want. And I'm glad she <laughs> looked at me and, and was willing to see the trust and, you know, the, the love there that I was feeling. And I was definitely aware of there was more than nurses and doctors in there. And it was working out very well. And, and, you know, it's really is a state of mind that, you know, you can reference to other things happening and other ideas, but really you have this look at the world where even this conceptual thing that we're doing now and talking about it is next to impossible uh, to actually be doing on your own, um, even in that same sense of, coming to that still place of your mind is that I 
I no longer think about really what I'm talking about. Uh, it's more, it's more of just, can I move my mouth fast enough and can I find the words fast enough to convey just a simple message that's simply there. And I'm not really claiming what's in my mind anymore. Uh, not saying that it's separate from me either. I'm just not, you know, when I, when I am here, when Devin is here, this I I do get lost, confused, and worried, and stressed, and and it I I use those thoughts, and I I get concerned about being ready for this program and all this stuff, and and you know, and then I just have to like sit back and just let it happen. I just start moving my mouth, and and Trina starts calling me rambling, ramble. She's like, I'm gonna call you ramble now on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> mm. or flow. Yeah, flow. Hey, <laughs> I like that. Half a flower. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Love, love your fear. Mm. Let there be fear, so I can experience it, and. Let it pass through. Um, yeah, we, there's a lot of... That's a good way of saying it. Well, I didn't say it like that. I'm, I'm just looking at the Way of Mastery book. <laughs> it's all been done before. But it's, it's good to love your fear so that it will... Yeah. ...pass through and then regain strength with all the experiences, think how strong Tina is. And then she created her faith in knowing that you could be the steady rock in the relationship while she was having her experience of trauma or, you know, experience of fear. And especially when the nurses are saying one thing and then she can go within and trust her own internal internal guide to, to see that you are the rock and then be comforted that's so beautiful mm-hmm. isn't that what Jesus did for people and does for people now not yeah. even in form so speak form within us, the Christ consciousness that is in everyone. Yeah. And in everything. Uh, it's like to say, I mean <laughs> right words here. Uh, to say like there's almost two different universes or more and his awareness uh-huh. is on one where everything's working out and everything is the voice of God and everything's one and to look on the same thing and interpret it completely differently that everything is a disaster and can be fixed and corrected and that you know everyone there is thinking wrong and and you know and you just the as Jesus would say, or did say, apparently, is but just believe in me and be saved, is is kind of referring to that. Is that you know you might not comprehend the universe that he sees, but to just believe that that universe is, and when you're ready to let go of this one, then you're naturally going to trust, as many say that the call upon Jesus at death, for an example, and it doesn't have to be physical death or just personal death. <laughs> and that is literally calling to the universe in which, you know, all is perfect, all is united, all is one, all is whole and complete. I mean, like, literally transform into a whole nother space a whole nother existence 
being the spirit world, really, and not just some lofty physical world. Perfect. My salvation comes from me. Blessings and and all temptation is nothing more than some form of the basic temptation not to believe the idea for the day, which is my salvation comes from me. Mm-hmm. Comes from the Christ mind, which is within all of us. And and it is another, like being in another dimension where... Well, I think maybe that's what they're talking about when they talk about in A Course of Love, how we go to the mountaintop to be healed, to be transformed into the Christ mind so that we can come to the other dimension of level ground where the world is, or this world, what we think of this world with all the trials and tribulations or the temptations as it says in Lesson 70, to be reinforced and to practice the ideas of being the Christ mind and just mm-hmm. to be in that dimension of awareness of of how it is on the mountaintop where everything is blissful and I'm one with God and God is one with me. And then that's yeah. the receiving part of it then when we come to level ground, we can go through those experiences knowing that everything is serving us and everything is friendly and it's just how, and it's like the wonderment of the child that we were saying earlier, how they just are looking at everything with curiosity and, and trusting and how can I be of help or how can I be, uh, you know, when Atreya turns to, at least this was happened for me with my daughter, she she wanted to be helpful. And how insightful she was. It's almost like they're so intuitive and it's scary. It like scared me. Her intuitiveness and her just being at one was sort of scary to me. She, her psychic abilities. Nice. And then I just that was before my training and just how receptive I was after I let the fear pass through me. And then I was helping myself to work with her on that, not be afraid of it, but to welcome it more. She just wanted to be one with me. And it's exciting. So loving. I look forward to that. And that's really, you know, one reason why I'm still here. Have you seen or read the book, The Last Temptations of Christ? Mm, No. Oh, it's really good. That's like my life right now. (laughs) I I had my climax of my life, and now everything else is just the last temptation to stay in the dream, and it, it will come to an end. Uh, when I am done looking for fulfillment of a purpose or desires, and you know, I I still had that original decision. You know, when I wanted to be, when I grow up, was a father and and a prophet. But really, that you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, and so I'm fulfilling this desire that I've always had of being a dad and experiencing that. And the last temptation of Christ to spoil it for you, but you really got to see it. It's awesome, or read the book is apparently a lot better. And uh, Jesus is up on the cross, and he's you know doing his thing. You know everybody knows Jesus does, and then an angel comes to him, or what looks like an angel, and it says, "You don't have to do this. Come down from there." And he. He comes down and goes on and she takes him and guides him through having a whole nother life, having a family and children, 
growing old and dying. And when his, on his deathbed, he realizes he's still on the cross. And he accepts that what he's there for and what, what he's there to do. And that he got to experience the whole life of having children and a family. And yet it was all just a dream, even as the beginning was. And <laughs> oh, this is labyrinth is, is amazing how no matter what direction we turn, it's, it's all pointing to the truth, but none of it's the truth. Yeah, that's all I got. I just love it when that happens to me and I catch myself into believing the world is real. It happened to me yesterday where I was I was in a contractual situation and maybe some fear was coming up. And then I caught myself going, well, why am I doing this? I couldn't make it really easy on myself. And yet I choose to make it hard. So how, how, and then I caught, I said, well, okay. So it was, it's just so quick. Like he said, the words, how are the words going to come and can they come fast enough? And because we're feeling, we're feeling beings who are sen sensuous, sen Sentient? Clear I sentient. forget that word. Yeah. And, and so then it just, I caught myself being tempted by the things of the world, money in this case, and then seeing how I had to strive to have it my way. And then I just caught myself in that desire and then just went, well, okay. So ease into this, relax around it, and let it be. Just relax around it and let it be. And that helps so much to move forward, to recognize, oh, yeah, well, that was just how it was, and now I recognize that, so let's see it through. Let's just see this through and then give way. So much of life is just giving way to what... I need to see and what I need to go through. Yeah. Layers and layers and layers of just believing in this idea and believing in that idea and healing our minds with this idea, healing our minds with that idea, seeing it come and seeing it go. And you know, polishing ourselves, polishing and sculpting, molding and sculpting of, our, of ourselves and to be this limitless experience that has absolutely no desire for limit, limited body self, even as the uh, infant, or not the infant, but the, the baby in, in the womb uh, as you were speaking of, has the, might not have the desire to come to the physical world again and gives that up, is only after, you know, however many lifetimes, or maybe even just one, or, or maybe even that's the first, or, you know, it's willing to, to realize that it doesn't want this. And we get so we got so caught up in the world, and we got so distracted, so into it that there was nothing else. And now we're training ourselves out of that into limitlessness, into knowing Christ, knowing God, into the, coming back into that, training ourselves, training the mind, so that when it does let go of the world in whatever fashion. And it doesn't choose it again. It, it chooses that limitlessness. It chooses what it's been choosing, what it's been trained to choose. As if the coming into the world was the opportunity to choose this darkness and 
limitation simply to learn that you don't want that. And if that is only my purpose that I've given it, then, you know, so be it. It's, it still works beautifully. Whatever purpose we need, really, to take us to the next step. It's all that it's about. I think that's what you were just saying, is the next step. And going to the next step, and what what is the next step? What are we here to do? And, and the, that sculpting, you know, you're not in one swift blow going to be the this perfect sculpture that, you know, chip after chip taken off, you're going to be some weird distorted image every time and you're not going to really be even looking like a, the proper image for a while and you have to be okay with that, you know, like, oh, my image is completely weird right now and I'm in an awkward stage and I might not be saying what I mean correctly and and I might not be in the world as much as I think I am and you know whatever and we're in this you know a lot of us in this awkward stage of trying to discern really how limitless am I and how how much am I God and, and how much power do I have and really can I change this situation and can I change my mind about this and and we're trying to discern and figure out what we're here to do and is there a purpose and all this stuff and 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 we're just to the next step what's the next step and that's all the thinking that we have in this moment is the next step thinking in this moment is the next step and that's just another chip away at the sculptor another chip another chip until eventually we have this exact image that we are looking for and it may never in fact it will never uh, justify what is God as an image and I'm not referring to one physical body either uh, being in the image of God but uh, it will never actually do justice to any more than 99% of all that is for in that moment of becoming 100% is the infinite space of of being that everything and which is quite literally nothing at the exact same moment of the beginning and the end of time the alpha and omega and of all existence oh the beauty of that <laughs> oh, it just kind of slipped away there the allowing of everything, the allowance just to allow our hearts to expand and holding holding that feeling of love, of holding the image within your heart is can evoke, at least for me, it evokes a feeling, the feeling of oneness, the feeling of joining with my true self. And that's spacious. That is spacious because it allows, like you're saying to me, is it allows for everything, all possibilities within the here and now. And it is a very free feeling. <laughs> Light, lightness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I like that. <laughs> oh, maybe we can end it with. A, I mean, if you have something to say, I, I want to end it off with a little meditation prayer or something or other. Okay. You have something to say before we get to that? Well, I was just holding an image of, say, the, the sculpture David in my mind. It's how. Mm -hmm. Big, it's big, right? I I really have never seen it, but I imagine it. I've seen other sculptures, and they're bigger than life. And that's how how it is. It's how we really are. We're big. We're spacious. We're beautiful. We're just gorgeous. 
Okay, thank you. <sighs> thank you. Happy day. Have your meditation. <sighs> so, let's sit here and relax. And take a deep breath and just allow, just allow whatever is coming to us. As the Course says, uh, an oddly procession passing by. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Oh, okay. Father, God. I come to you in this moment in awareness of a self in which I developed to be separate from you, to know and experience in addition to you, to your love. I found darkness. I found fear. I found weakness and hunger. I found them and I experienced them. And now in this moment as I come to you, I choose, I choose now, I choose now for you. I experienced this and now I choose your laws, Father. Train me, teach me. I'm receptive to your word. I'm receptive to what you would have me learn. Thank you for answering my question of life, of what separation was like. Thank you for allowing me to experience this. And each and every day, thank you for revealing to me the continual choices, this choice in this moment to be this person I still am. As I'll get up from this chair, I choose, Father, to not be the one anymore getting up. I choose to come up to you, not in space and time. I don't have the words to explain. You feel my heart. You feel my desire. You know me, you know what I want. And as I'm here, confessing my willingness, I'm confessing to you that my only desire, after all the world, I give it up for my only desire is to come home, to come home to you. Thank you, God. Thank you for being here. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Barb. Yeah. Mm. You. Lovely. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for tuning in. And we turn this over to you. Whoever is next or Lynn or however, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. Bye bye. All right. Thank you, Devin and Barb. However, whoever is Iris. Beautiful. 
beautiful Iris in London. So uh, welcome to Awakening, or I'm going to call it Awakening Together. Welcome to ACIM Gather. Uh, wonderful to have you all here. We're here all day. We're here until... That was a smooth transition. Which time we'll go back to Awakening oh, yeah. Together. But, uh, <laughs> I forgot you were still here. <laughs> Thank you, Devin. That was really great. Right. I, I enjoyed that this morning. I enjoyed so, it too. Thank you. 